Welcome to the I-29 MUU Dairy Podcast. I-29 MUU University is a consortium of land-grant universities in Minnesota, Iowa, South Dakota, and Nebraska. This podcast covers timely news, information, and research for today's dairy industry. Welcome. On this podcast episode, we're discussing a recap from World Dairy Expo. I'm Heidi Carroll, SDSU Extension Field Specialist in Livestock Stewardship, and today we're joined by the entire I-29 Moo University team. So let's kick it off. What did everybody find interesting about World Dairy Expo this year? Well, I can talk a little bit. This is Jim Salfer with the University of Minnesota, and uh, I did go to a session that was really on precision ag and kind of the direction precision ag is taking. And I think a lot of the people there are the presenters from, these are from some of the large companies, and they were looking that uh, we'll not move away from some of the wearable devices, but particularly for larger dairies and even for mid-sized dairies, there's a lot of time spent taking these collars. Uh, a lot of times now, of course, there's ear tags. Collars kind of on and off cows. And I think their thought is long-term, we might be looking at cameras throughout the barn and AI or artificial intelligence is getting so good. They're believing that at some point we'll be able to identify individual cows, where they're at in the barn. You know, there's even some discussion that we'll be able to identify, estimate dry matter intake of individual cows by cameras as they walk by. So artificial intelligence will know this is cow one. This is her typical rumen fill. And if over days, if you can measure this with artificial intelligence, we'll be able to estimate cows that are maybe even getting sick by taking pictures of their body, body condition scores, if they're sick or not. So I, you know, I think it'll be interesting where all this precision technology is. So I thought that was a, a kind of an interesting session. Uh, Fred and Jen, what did you see that you thought were interesting when you were there? Well, you know, after not having Madison World Dairy Expo for a year, it was a fun for me to be amazed. In all the years I've attended, I've never been in the educational building there. And to walk through and see that much equipment and have the opportunity to hear educational programs, I was amazed. As always, you know, when you're standing there in the hippodrome and the show ring and watch these cows that are freakishly good, uh, that always amazes me. And this year, I uh, maybe it's just because I skipped a year, but wow, there were some cattle that were just amazing. The shorthorn cow was, you know, I'm partial to shorthorns and there's been some great ones, but boy, that cow was amazing this year. Uh, the Holstein cow that won, big as a house, sharp as a razor, uphill like a 747, just an amazing cow. So this was my year to be amazed there. You know, Fred, one of the things that amazes me every year, and I'm, I'm not that much clearly into the show ring as you are, but I look at what those cows look like before they fit them and when they're done. And I think, you know, I should hire those professional fitters to make me look good because I bet I could even look good with them. I mean, they, it really is amazing. These before or afters, I think about even at the state fair, I think, darn, these guys can make these kind of plain cattle look. And I'm not saying there's plain cattle at World Dairy Expo, but it is amazing what those fitters do. And I think, darn, I think I should have them fit me. I might you know, look the, good. 
the most fun is when you are there at the very beginning, when the cattle are coming off the truck. Most of them have had a lot of jostling coming there and you see them and you watch the progression. I mean, there's some amazing feeders who come with those cattle and they know exactly what they need to do to, to bring that cow up uh, in stages. You know, two days before they go in the ring, they'll look one way. The evening before the show, they'll look another. And then you see them walk into the ring. And that's it, just, I'll tell you, it's a beauty contest like none other. Yeah, they're good. So, Jen, what did you see that you thought was really interesting? Yeah, kind of going back to your like precision technology uh, topic, you know, I was there on Tuesday. I brought my son with, I didn't realize it was um, like the FFA or student day, whatever. So all the local schools brought all their kids, you know, through the booths and everything. I just thought it was kind of interesting to watch all those young students interact with the booth exhibitors. I mean, that's a great opportunity for them to make connections with the dairy industry. If you're talking about careers or school, there's also exhibitors that have, you know, those simulators now. So, you know, Mm -hmm. you put on those goggles and headphones and then all of a sudden you're driving some big heavy machinery I mean that really gives people an experience of what might my job be like if I decide I want to go in this career or maybe that's not what I want to do this is making me sick as I'm trying to drive this down the road you know kind of kind of thing but um, I just thought you know the enthusiasm of just all those youth there was just really fun to see and maybe again it's just you know he hadn't been there for a year and just kind of reviving that but Um, just a lot of precision technology. There's just a lot of, you know, automation happening from, again, robotics to parlor robotics, right? So the even automation within parlors is becoming more advanced in our systems. Um, I kind of looked more towards uh, the calf side of things. So I noticed there was, you know, some more improvements in the efficiency of, of handling and pasteurizing colostrum, So, you know, trying to take it from the point of collecting that milk to getting it to the calf, that's always a tricky situation when we're talking about, you know, how long is it sitting there until it gets pasteurized or cooled and then fed to the calves? Well, making systems out there where it's a pretty uh, easy or smooth transition to get it from parlor to calf. We've had a lot of research in the last couple of years. I know Jim, you know, Marcia has been doing some work in pair housing. Wisconsin has some data on, you know, working with pair housing. And so we're seeing a lot of our housing and equipment dealers now making some of their, their, you know, calf hutches that are more adaptable to pairing those calves. So setting it up where you can feed multiple calves in a bigger hutch or have two hutches. Uh, I just thought that was really interesting how our industry is, you know, taking that research now and applying it to a lot of their housing systems. This was the the first time that the Iowa State Dairy Team presented as a team. Jen, Larry, and myself uh, talked about uh, apps that dairymen use or that have a use. And Larry talked about the spreadsheets that uh, are available on the website and that uh, he's developed. It was really an interesting experience to hear questions from the crowd as well as to uh, be a presenter there. You know, is there a theme to the questions? One of the things I noticed too that's missing that's kind of related to that is how many more web-based apps there are. We used to have a lot of computer applications so Dairy Comp and all of those were really local, computer-based, and you had to, 
you know, download a file from somewhere. Well, now so much more, whether it's feed management software or herd management software, is really kind of cloud-based. So you give somebody a password and they can get into your information and look at kind of in real time your herd. So what's there, what was the theme of kind of the questions that people had? We didn't get into specific programs or software just because we could have been there for days talking about the software available. Um, but we did survey some producers ahead of World Dairy Expo to kind of get an idea of, you know, what are they using? What apps are on their phones as far as some of that technology. And a lot of it came back as, you know, we have our PC Dart or we have our dairy comp on our phones so we can look up cows as we're walking through the freestyle barn. Um, they have their, obviously their robotic dashboards on their phone. So if they got robots, they can quickly look up information. Um, a lot of the rumination data they can get on their phone as you know they're working through the day. It alerts them. I'm just trying to think of the old oh, moon monitor was another one that came to mind, you know, that they have on their phone. So a lot of different ones that people are using. Um, the other question I had asked the, the producer group before World Dairy Expo was, you know, what are some other ones besides kind of those dairy specific apps? And a lot of them came back for, with uh, communication. How do we communicate with our employees or people on our farm? So they're using, you know, apps that are already loaded on their phone or they're finding apps that they can download that allows them to be a little bit more specific with maybe they have a group of milkers and they want to just communicate with that group. So they, they vote them into this, this app and they can communicate, you know, um, Hey, I need somebody to milk for me Friday night. So all of those people that are specific to milking would see that and be able to respond. I think we all decided we were going to sell our stock in whiteboards. I think this is the new whiteboard that is on farms right now. One of the other ones that, that we used for the first time was a, an app called Slido. So we could, or Jen loaded it and asked the question to the crowd, what do you have on your phone? And they could type it right in and it popped up on the screen. So from a presenter, a meeting manager, a very cool product. Yeah, and you know, it's always fun for all of us to look at the latest, greatest thing that's out there. But the other thing that, whether it's World Dairy Expo, you can go out there and you can still find low-tech solutions to problems you have. And I so I hope that we've got listeners that are out there and saying, you know, I'm not sure I want this dairy world. That's just not me. I think there's always a place for a dairy producer that really is good at cows. So many of our, our dairy producers that are in our upper Midwest darn, they're good crop farmers. They're good with cows. Um, so I hope listeners don't believe I have to get out and find the latest app. And I better be thinking about investing in AI technology because quite frankly, those are, you got to have a pretty big farm to really make those economically make any sense. Uh, so World Dairy Expo, it's always fun to too, walk around and see, you know, you've got mob feeders next to automatic robot feeders for calves. They both work. Clearly, there's a market for both of them. And so I think for all of our farmers really need to kind of think about what works for me and then what, what are my best options out there. And I would guess there's new tech, not technologies, but new products that whether you're a grazer or even in a tie cell barn, there's probably some technologies that you can take advantage of to make your life better. 
whether they're as simple as automatic takeoffs. You know, I think part of the thing we're, we're beginning to really understand is it's about record keeping. You know, I was visiting with a, a Klusendorf winner, milks 40 cows, and I was talking about some AI and innovations, and he reached in his pocket and took out the old NASCO individual pages for his cows, and he says, I have one of these a year. I can go back 35 years. Great record system. It's not how you and I would want to have to figure out how to manage a thousand cows, but in his barn, in his world, a low-tech system that works fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I, there's a little bit of a promo, promo for World Area Expo, but I do think it's really a good place. If you, if you like looking at show cows and watching the show, it's a great place to be. If you like uh, from low tech to high tech, there's about everybody there. It, it's an interesting place to go, kind of like going to a fair, you know, in that, in that regard. There's just a, a lot of interest in anything you want to look at. How would you gauge the attitude towards expansion, development, uh, and whatnot at, at World Dairy Expo? South Dakota State University is looking to build a new dairy unit research education unit in the future, and, and we had our department head in, out there, and what would you gauge that attitude towards development expansion being? Really positive. Probably talked with dairymen from at least five different states, and expansion was on the lips of probably half of them. Yeah, I think the, I think the concern is or in the upper Midwest maybe is right now, it's still kind of processing capacity. I mean, we're, we're kind of, you know, it's interesting, the upper Midwest, or at least specifically, maybe South Dakota is the exception in the sense that they're growing at a high percentage of rate, but Minnesota continues to grow. Iowa continues to grow. South Dakota continues to continues to grow, but to grow fast enough to bring in these multi hundred million dollar plants, it's like nothing else. You got to have them full. So I think there is a lot of interest in the upper Midwest is doing well. We've got water, we've got feed, a lot of good feed. So I would agree with Fred. I think there's discussion about expansion, but I think that's a little bit of the apprehension is making sure how we can find a place to go with our milk. It's on both ends of that equation. The processor isn't going to build this multi-million dollar plant unless he's got a place to go with the product he produces. And, you know, there's too many plates in the air to keep spinning if it's powders and exports, if it's cheese and domestic consumption. So, you know, that man, that that's real brain tease. Yeah. I think we've been really fortunate in the upper Midwest where we live on cheese and cheese has been the consumption driver over the last number of years. So yeah, we, we're really fortunate. I guess if you're in California and you're in a butter powder market, class four milk has been kind of tough over the last couple of years. Class three has been kind of the shiner. Yep. And so that, that, you know, if we got listeners from California, they might not be quite so optimistic in their profitability over the last couple of years versus a, a class three area. Well, I'm encouraged to hear how all the different things that you saw at World Dairy Expo and the different uh, research technologies coming out for today and into the future. I think our future I-29 programming for Winter Workshop and Dairy Beef Short Course will definitely be highlighting some of those innovations, some of those key topics as we get our programming schedules out 
kind of in closing, what would you say would be your, your take home message on your last little recap you want our listeners to know about World Dairy Expo this year? Oh, I can start. I think kind of the take home is things are changing fast on what's has changed, but I think keep an eye out for when you're going to look at purchasing, uh, whether whatever that technology is, I think you got to keep in the back of your mind, is this something that's going to be obsolete or if I invest a lot of money? And I think challenge a companies a little bit about what their forward vision is for their technology, because there's a lot of companies out there making technology, just like everything else. Some of them are are maybe likely to be less successful than other ones as we move forward. So that would be my take-home message for farmers that are listening is uh, there's a lot of them out there. A lot of these are startups. A lot of them have a lot of really good ideas, but just kind of keep challenging them. Where are you going or where do you see this technology? And then does it fit in your style of management? Just don't buy it because it's out there. I don't know, Fred and Jen, what do you think? Yeah, I think that as I listen to you, especially financial people talking, they're not opposed to expansion, but they want it to fit. They want the economy to sustain it. You know, obviously they look at the balance sheet and cash flow, cash flow uh, working capital, collateral, but they really want those investments to fit the family and the farm. Yeah, I would agree with both Jim and Fred, um, kind of summarizing that, you know, if a producer is looking at something, it's a chance to network with your other producers there to get a feel for, does this work? What what would you change? Use that opportunity to, to network. And, you know, as we do our I-29 educational programming, we can kind of implement some of these ideas and, you know, be able to facilitate those discussions with producer groups so that you get a better handle on, okay, maybe maybe I should move towards this type of uh, facility or housing, or maybe I shouldn't. For joining us on this episode of I-29 Muyu Dairy, be sure to keep an eye out for Save the Dates of our Winter Workshop Series in January 2022, as well as Save the Dates coming out for our Dairy Beef Short Course in the end of March 2022. I-29 Muyu is an equal opportunity provider for the full non-discrimination statement or accommodation inquiries go to extension.iastate.edu forward slash diversity forward slash ext.